0: Hello and welcome to Sobriety Elevated, the podcast that is committed to empowering you in your recovery and elevating your sobriety. Join us now for the next episode. We hope you create an incredible experience. Let's get the show started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sobriety Elevated. My name is Jim Paconan. First off, I want to thank you for listening, and I am here with my incredible co-host, Kevin Thole, And today, we have a special guest. So Kevin, can you introduce our special guest?
1: Yeah, if anybody listens, they've heard me talk about her. This is uh, Kelly, who works with me, who I've known for a long time, but has worked for me for the last two and a half years. And we thought we would bring her in to talk about what it's like to uh, work with somebody that's in recovery. She kind of has a unique story. I'll let her tell most of it. But Kelly worked in Arizona and she moved all the way from Arizona to St. Louis, where we're at. Her very first day was the day that I decided I was going to
0: rehab. Well, you decided for you. It was decided for you. (laughs) Okay, you're right.
1: I was pushed into the direction that it was time to go to rehab. She moved across the country to come work with me. And then um, all of a sudden, she was left behind with all the wreckage. So she gets to tell lots of fun stories. And she's seen the whole journey of recovery with me literally from the day before I went to rehab until today. And we spend a ton of time together. We've been together how many days, Kelly?
2: 31 maybe 31 at this point? 31
1: days in a row here. We're in beautiful Louisiana. Today we're in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Yesterday we were in Metairie. And um, we're helping people after a disaster, which is what we do for a living. So yeah, so that's
0: that's the intro to Kelly. So Kelly, we're glad you're here. Yeah, Kelly. Hi, thanks, so, guys. Yeah, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you.
2: I'm Kelly, as he said. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like Work is my life, so I don't really know (laughs) what else to say about myself. I've worked for Surpro for 11 and a half years and then moved cross-country for Kevin two and a half years ago. But yeah, I mean, I just, I love the hurricane travel with Kevin and spending time on the road and just driving each other crazy. It's fun.
0: So (laughs) what was it like two and a half years ago? Because you, obviously, you interviewed with Kevin while he was... In his full blown addiction. What was that like?
2: Well, so I never honestly knew that he was an addict or had any addiction because when I saw him, I would just see him on trips. So, you know, everyone was partying. So I never fully understood what was going on. I knew that there were times that he would say that he's sober, but he really wasn't. Um, but I still fully never grasped the whole extent of it. So it was definitely a shock to me when I moved cross country and, and all that happened on my first day of work. Yeah, it, it, was, it was definitely a lot to process. But I knew he was a partier. I just didn't know to the extent of it.
0: Okay. And what was day three of your work like? The day you probably found out Kevin wasn't there. And yet you're still doing the things that you need to do.
2: Day three, I mean, it was a lot to take in. I think that a lot of people, well, me moving to St. Louis, it was a long game. It was about five years that he was trying to get me to move to St. Louis. And then by the time we decided, it was probably eight months prior. So this was a long process or, you know, a long thing in the making. So when all this happened, like I remember when he told me, And he's like, welcome to St. Louis, Kel. You know, I'm sorry. And I remember my dad kept calling me, checking in, being like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, oh, it's great, dad. It's great. Having the best week ever. And then really, I was just like really confused and scared and sad. And I had no idea what was going on. So it was definitely a lot to process and a lot of mixed emotions. I would say the first two weeks were probably the hardest just because I was in a new city. Um, And I didn't know what to do. I also didn't know who to trust at the company. So it was and I didn't want to bother Kevin, or I couldn't bother Kevin, (laughs) honestly. So it was definitely a lot to process. Uh, Day three, I think was still, I still thought maybe it was a joke, or maybe he'd last a week and come back. I didn't understand the extent of what was about to happen.
0: Wow. Okay. And so then how did it unfold for you? Like, as you knew he wasn't coming back right away, how was that? What was the thought was did you see opportunity here? Did you figure how does how was that?
2: It was definitely very challenging. I think me moving cross country, a lot of people at the franchise didn't know who this girl was that Kevin drunk hired. So I think it took a while for people to earn respect for me because they just assumed. I mean, and it it was true. It was a drunk hire, Um, but I think they just assumed I was like maybe some worthless person that Kevin, you know, just wanted to move, move here. So I think it was hard in that aspect of earning the respect from people and then also not being able to talk to Kevin about it or bother him with it. It slowly got better. And then it, it was, it was good once I realized that he is in it for the long haul. And, you know, once I realized he wasn't coming back. I'm like, okay, well, this is neat. Like, This is actually happening, and he really does want to better his life. Once I realized that he truly wanted to do this for himself, um, it, was, it was just a neat feeling, and very proud of him for that process.
0: Kevin, any thoughts? Yeah, so
1: first off, uh, she said it was a drunk hire, and I probably I was drunk all the time, so I was drunk <laughs> when I hired her, but this was a very intentional hire that had happened over years, and years and years. I couldn't imagine what went through her head whenever she moved across the country. You know, I'm kind of a charismatic guy when I tell the story of our business and stuff. People really uh, enjoy to come and be a part of something bigger. And then all of a sudden, uh, the person that she moved across the country is disappears and is gone and who knows for how long. And there was also a lot of underlying things, you know, which a lot of wreckage in the past, you know, that was there with, with business partners and and just things that were stressful and hard and you didn't know like there was, you know, it's just hard. You know, there's a, it's a mess. When you are a drug addict and an alcoholic and you end up going to treatment, you leave behind an absolute mess. And Kelly had no idea what she was getting into. And I think that it was tough and challenging and she's done a great job and all that for sure, 100%. And now we spend a lot of time together. And uh, what I think is cool is, you know, just having seen Kelly see me obviously before and then see me now and just how supportive she is with my recovery. And it's nice to have someone who Kelly isn't an alcoholic or a drug addict. You know, she's a she's a normie, as we call it. She still understands, though, that there's times in the middle of this job where like I'll just text her and be like, hey, I got to leave because I'm going to a meeting or hey, I got, I'm on the phone. And they kind of just know that on certain nights I do recovery and on certain things I do that. And just to have the her and really the whole team really support me has been really cool. And And I think Kelly has seen the change and the success and, like, the restoration that's happened in our restoration business uh, over the last couple of years.
0: So, Kelly, how has it been since he got back from treatment?
2: It's been phenomenal. Um, I think our timing was perfect for me to move to St. Louis because, honestly, I will say it was one thing I was hesitant about moving to St. Louis And I told my friends in Arizona that I didn't want to move there and just be drunk all the time and be doing all these marketing outings and golf tournaments and just be at bars constantly. So that was a worry. So I think him being sober by the time I was there, it was phenomenal. And when he came back, I didn't really know what to expect. And honestly, I've never been around anyone, well, that I know of that is a recovering addict. So. I was like, okay, is he going to still be the same fun Kevin? Is his personality going to be different? Like, what do I say? Can I drink around him? And he came back, and, it like, it's great. Like, he's still, like, the great, fun Kevin just without all of the I, – I don't even know what best word to say. Chaos. Chaos, yeah. And so it's been amazing. And then just watching him through – uh, you know, hurricane seasons and all of our storm travel, the times that it's so stressful and just seeing how he manages it. You know, we go through some some very stressful situations. It just, it's been neat watching him stay so committed and finding all the AA meetings or celebrate recoveries. It's something he's been so dedicated to, regardless what state we're in.
0: And if you're listening to this and you know somebody that's an addict, or you know somebody that's in recovery, this gets to be your opportunity to reflect about your growth and how you support someone in recovery. Because if somebody, now now Kevin is very open with his recovery. He's very out with his recovery. Not everybody is. And if you're out there and somebody tells you that they are in recovery this episode will be the reflection of the ability to show how to properly support someone because it doesn't take a lot of work. What I'm really hearing in what Kelly said is that Kelly and Kevin have created the boundaries to where their work relationship works. And both of them, I've I, I know that Kevin goes through incredibly stressful times, and without a doubt, Kelly goes through incredibly stressful times too. And yet, they're able to keep it professional. They're able to keep what? <laughs> yeah, that, that's
1: an understatement. Yeah. This well, last I, month I, has I been the, <laughs> the. I would say this last month has been the most stressful month of our business yeah. careers, and really, probably almost my life.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And I'll say, like, being able to read each other, you know, is great. And I know when Kevin's stressed, and like and when he's not doing well, or kind of what he needs, or I don't know. So I think that that helps too. We've been around each other so much where we're able to help like manage emotions. I know like when he need, like, I don't know, when you say like, you need just like, you know, like meal wise, right? If you just want to go like somewhere quick and, and have like an easy dinner or whatever. I don't know, just that's not even a good example. But just like, I think being there for him when he manages his stress and kind of what he needs and knowing that like his recovery is the most important thing right now.
1: And it's, it's evolved a lot too. Like I I first came back from treatment and, you know, if we would go do something, you know, people were kind of, there was like a feeling out process, I guess. And Mm -hmm. I think that what happened, you know, like I was so quiet, like I was different for like the first six months because I didn't really know my place. There was a lot going on in my head. And just seeing it kind of develop and seeing me get stronger and more secure in my recovery to where early on, I wouldn't go to a certain restaurant or a place that had a bar and things like that to where now when we go out to dinner, I mean, it doesn't bother, things don't bother me. It's not for everyone, but I, I'm just at a point in my recovery where I can uh, be in places where before I couldn't have. It's nice. Kelly has always been there like, hey, you know, is this, uh, are you uh, comfortable, you know, and just can feel it out because there are certain times whenever you need need different levels of support. So I would say one thing that Kelly's always done is she's just made sure that I'm, I'm comfortable as a coworker. You know, it's, it's good to have my wife is one thing, different family members and stuff is one thing, but having a coworker who I can talk to and they understand, hey, okay, tonight, Kevin's going to do this or whatever and be supportive and then close the gap so that I can put my recovery first. Because I think Kelly understands that if I, we always joke, like whenever the bar or the bartender or the waitress comes up to me and is like, hey, do you want a beer? And Kelly's like, no, because she knows if that happens, it's all over for all of us.
2: Yeah. And I'll say, I mean, for me, there were other franchises that I'll say are like were my dream franchise. And I still wanted to come work for Kevin, though, more than anybody. And there was just something about him. I just I think I knew that it was meant to be for us to be working together. And so for me, I look at it, you know, also selfishly. I know if he fails and in, in all of this I don't know if that's an okay word to say, yeah, I guess, say, yeah. um, then I know like now my dream is over as well and everything that I hope to accomplish with Kevin would be over. So, you know, I want to be as supportive for him that I can be, but also selfishly, I also know that I don't want our franchise to to fail ultimately because of old habits returning or anything. Kevin's last convention, I think, was, was that Seattle? No, maybe Orlando was your last one. So Seattle was your second to last convention um, before sobriety. Again, I knew something was off. I knew he was really emotional that week. Anyway, I knew that something was off, but I still didn't fully grasp it. I had no idea what was really happening. You know, we're all drinking. That's what happens at convention. But after convention, I had so many people reach out to me and I didn't even work for Kevin at that point. People from corporate or other franchises would reach out to me and say, "Hey, like is Kevin okay? What's going on with Kevin?" and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, he's fine. Like he was just drunk, you know. All of us are just drunk." And I just again never fully grasped it. And so now so much more makes sense for me looking back. But what I think is cool about that story is he's he's always been so well respected within the system and by everybody and people truly care about him. So so many people were concerned about him, that convention, and, and it's just neat now, like everyone is so proud of him and seeing him uh, succeed and seeing us grow so much and doing good things out of town. Looking back and kind of reflecting on people's reactions to him when he was in those dark days, it was never like judgmental. It was always out of concern. Um, so I think that that's just kind of neat as well, how respected he is in the system.
0: Kevin has really grown through his recovery and I think you can see his organization is literally mirroring his success in recovery because he's getting more and more and more successful in his recovery and you see his organization just literally parallel to that in its success.
1: Yeah, I think one one thing that is cool... That Kelly, maybe you could talk about is just like how the reputation has over, you know, since I've gotten sober and just how people talk about me then compared to now and not just me, but just how they see it and how it took time. It wasn't just overnight. I'm sober. Everybody trusts me. But we've kind of seen that happen.
2: hmm. Yeah, I think um, Kevin has a good reputation in the Surpro system. And a lot of people say that he's, you know, the best salesman in SERPRO and everyone's just so impressed with him overall. A lot of people know that he was a mess for a long time. And, and it's, it's been neat now seeing the first convention without him when he was in rehab, it was awkward for me and people are asking how he's doing and, it's hard knowing at that point who's who's judgmental and who's truly supportive. And so now everyone just seeing how committed Kevin is to this process, even the respect that he may have lost from some people he's been able to earn back, the progress made has just been phenomenal. And even when people ask me to do business dinners with me, like me, Kevin, and them, I'll be like, you know what, Kevin isn't really a dinner person. He's more of a lunch person because during the week he has so much that you know he's involved in with AA's and recovery and that has actually brought a lot of people to to then tell me that they are also sober and that that's now something him and Kevin have in common and but that's something that they wouldn't say had I not told them, no, sorry, we can't do dinners. And Kevin can do dinners, but, you know, again, like his recovery is priority. So I just always tell people, let's schedule lunch meetings. But it's neat, the support out of just a simple conversation like that, of people saying that they're also in recovery and they'd love to talk to Kevin and reach out to Kevin, because I think too in our in the Serpro family, there's a lot of people str- there's a lot of people struggling in this world, but nobody really wants to admit it. So I think Kevin being so open with everything not only has it earned respect for him, but it's also helped a lot of people hear his story and then also be able to admit their own struggles.
0: Kevin has definitely become a champion for recovery. And one thing I will say is when you meet someone who is a champion from recovery all of a sudden you get to open up about your life and you get to open up and and really you can get that we are all struggling.
1: So one thing that has been, been important for our organization is, is, you know, me and my business partner are both in recovery. And so that's, we kind of just have like a recovery, just, I don't know, culture, which just leads to more openness and vulnerability to where it's nice. Like, we just have like an open door policy where like it, you know, Kelly doesn't struggle with substance abuse or alcoholism or anything like that because of me being open about my struggles and same with, with Matt, my partner and things that we've done in the past. If she has something she's comfortable telling us and, or, and not just Kelly, everybody. And it's really opened up like a more family feeling. And it's like you said, it's all tied so close to uh, it's recovery. It's just overall recovery, I know that I'm thankful for Kelly and, and, and for people like her in my life and in our, in our organization, and I just think that more people need to be open, you know, if they can, with their coworkers and things like that, just so they can be supportive. People don't know how to help you if you don't tell them that you need help and they don't know that you have a struggle. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll have to do this again sometime soon. And on behalf of Jim, myself, and Kelly, thank you all for listening. If you like us, please subscribe. And also share us with your friends and give us a rating and a review so that we can reach more people because the point of this is to uh, elevate your sobriety and just to help more people. So thank you for joining and we'll talk to you soon. You all have a great one. Thanks, Kelly.
2: Thank you. Okay.
1: Bye-bye.